Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. And when that, who's ever seen that movie? Raise your hand if you've seen it. That movie is amazing. So that, I, I, at that time, I'm like thinking of the conference and like what's the theme? You know, my heart, um, it's to give women a voice. It's always been, you know, for women to learn their identity. Um, and so just because I uh, talk to women, guys, don't tune me out. Okay? Can you not tune me out? Because Esther is not about a female. Esther is about the voice of God's people. Amen. So as I'm speaking to you, I don't want the guys to be like, okay, this is a women's message. No, this is for the body of Christ and this is for the sons and daughters of God. Okay. So I saw that and I was like, and I was driving with Shani, by the way, Shani is my goddaughter. And so we do a lot of things together. We throw prophetically together and it's so awesome. The Ovidus family, the Caratini's family, it's like, it's amazing. So we like do this stuff all the time and I'm like, Shal. You know, I saw the movie. She saw it. I said, you remember that scene, that scene with um, uh, Jasmine. That's what I want. But I don't know. I, like, that's the theme, and that's, that's the message that I want to bring forth. I said, and then I was like, you know, you think you could sing that song and maybe have someone sing that song? And she looks at me. She gives me that look. You guys know that look? Like, the, like she's like, oh, like, I got something. So she gives me the look, and she goes like, no, we're going to do a production. And I was like, what? <laughs> so needless to say, she came up with this. My, da- my daughter uh, choreographed the dance, and she couldn't be here today. And it was exactly the message that I want to bring across. So with that being said, I'm not going to go through all. You saw the story. Um, I am not a preacher, but my heart is so full right now. And there's so much that God has put in my heart for this generation. So I literally stand before you here and I feel like a nester for this generation. You see, but that's not just for me. That is for all of you. That is for all of you. That is for you men as well. So the story that you saw here before you, okay, think about it. So towards the end, like everyone, I remember, you ever seen uh, One Night with the King? Who's ever seen that movie, right? Everybody, that should be, if you haven't, you gotta see it. I love that movie. However, it's almost like a romantic movie. You know, you got the handsome king, and, like, you look at him, and all the girls are probably, oh, he's so handsome. Yeah, yeah, I want to be the queen, right? Uh Uh-uh. Let's fast forward. Let's talk about the real story of Esther. Let's talk about how it really, really started, because you see that picture, and you immediately see happily ever after, right? I love those, um, they tease me all the time because my kind of movies are like Hallmark movies. They always have to have a happy ending. I don't want to see nobody die. I don't want to see nobody break up. You know, I don't want to see any of that. So that's my type of movie. They tease me all the time, right? So when I saw One Night with the King, and of course, we all know the story of Esther, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing, and some of it was presented. You know, you think of the end, oh, Esther the Queen, yay, hooray. Let me tell you how it started. It started with a Jewish orphan girl who lost her parents. And if you go back to that generation and you go back to the culture, even her being born already, she didn't have a voice. She was a female. And female in that culture, they didn't have a voice. So when I tell you that, and as I kind of go back a little bit and dissect the story of Esther, I want you to think of yourself because it's not about Esther. Esther already did her part. 
But the reason it made it to the word of God is because it's a nester for this generation. Okay, so as we go through that, I want you to think of yourself. And I want you to start thinking, what is my voice? Because this is a theme for this weekend. So Esther lost the parents here. I mean, think about it. Put yourself in the shoes. You lost your parents. You're a young girl. You're a ju young Jewish girl. Calamity. Pain. What am I going to do? I'm by myself. And then it gets a little better because now Mordecai adopts her, right? So, okay, things get a little bit better. How many times in your life there's life that happens to you and you feel like your whole world is going to come down? right? Because that's what the enemy wants. You see, it's a setup. Just like God has set up your destiny and your purpose, we have an adversary who's going to come and try to get in between that. The story doesn't change, people. The enemy is the same. However, the purposes of God is still the same. You see, so we have to come to the point where we won't let the enemy shut us up. So life gets a little bit better for her, okay? And all of a sudden, they leave the country. They go to Persia. And what, is, what does he tell her? Oh, she's not a proud Jewish girl. She's got to hide her identity. So again, she's being shut down, okay? All right, but she's with her uncle. And what happens? Oh, they gathered all the young virgins, Rewind. They took her captive. Okay, don't go through the Bible and kind of read it and just go to the happy ending like I like to do. No, they held her captive. And so what I did, I did a little research, and I said, okay, what it really meant for these young girls to really have one night with the king? Think about it. Do you think Esther didn't have a choice? Esther didn't say, oh, guess what? I'm going to apply to be the queen of Persia. And she's so excited about it. No, they kidnapped her. And honestly, the king had many concubines. You know what that means? That means what we call today human trafficking. That's what that means. Today we call it human trafficking. Back in those days, he's the king. He could do whatever he wants. He could have as many women as he wants. He could do whatever he wants. So think about it. Here's this young girl who from the very beginning, God had a purpose for her life. Because it was in her time for such a time as this. Had she not had those principles that she had of her God, she could have done what a lot of people do today. Just play the victim. Play the victim. Oh, but Rosie, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what my life has been. You don't understand what happened to me when I was a little girl. You don't understand what my dad did to me. You don't understand. You know what? I get it. What we need to understand and what you need to understand, that you are here for such a time as this. What we all need to understand is that God created you with a purpose and a destiny, and he's got an assignment for your life. 
What you need to understand is that I don't care what the enemy does to you. You have to remember that you are an Esther for this generation. Okay? And you can't let the enemy shut you up. This is what we need to understand. And I tell you what, this burns so much inside of me. And it's not just for the women. I say women because, you know, we wear a lot of hats and stuff. And I minister to women. But no, this is for God's people. Do you know how, like, it's, it just bothers me so much when I see that the enemy is just, like, punching people and punching people. And they just stay there. Mm-mm. I'm going to share it really quickly. My friend Alicia, because, of course, the guys were not there at the women's conference, women's event. Her testimony. Can I just go over it really quickly? She was molested by her father. Biological father, by the way. It wasn't a stepdaddy. Okay? He was a minister. She grew up in a church. He was a man that was in a pulpit. Her mother served. Her mother never defended her, even when she found out that this happened to her. Not only was she molested, she was raped and got pregnant by her daddy. I know it's disgusting. Even me speaking it, it's like my body just like cringes. And he made her have an abortion. She lived a life of destruction. And when the world says, and the enemy said, I got her now. This woman has only been saved less than three years. Less than three years. So don't tell me that you're still dealing with stuff that happened to you 10 years ago and you call yourself a Christian when there is freedom in Christ. Because she chose and God restored her identity and said, I am not going to stay quiet. And as you know, I, I have a talk show. It's called It's a God Thing. And it's all about transformed lives and testimonies and stuff. And that's how I met her. That's how we connected. And I remember when we had our pre-interview when I'm, okay, so tell me about your story, da-da-da-da. And she told me I was on the other line. My stomach, I want to throw up. And I said, Alicia, you're going to be on TV. A lot of people are going to watch this. Are you sure you want to share this? And she said, yes. She said, God has given me a voice. And I am going to share it with the world. Because there are young girls out there that have been affected the way that I have been violated. And I want to tell them that Jesus can heal them. I want to tell them that Jesus can set them free. She's not even saved three years. Okay? I don't mean to get mad. I'm just passionate. I am just passionate because I know that if you guys, you know what? We all get hit with stuff. Come on, we all have life. We all have life. We all have things that happen to us. Come on. Each and every one of you have a story. Each and every one have your story. But guess what? Maybe, just maybe, the fact that you've been set free, it's for you to set others free. 
listen. We are living in important times. There's a lot of voices out there. And I don't want to say that it's competing with the voice of God, because nothing competes with God, because all he has to say is say it and that's it. But let me tell you, there's a generation right now that is lost without God. There is a generation that is hurting and don't even know that God can heal them. There is a generation right now that is seeking for truth, and the church is quiet. The church is quiet. Why? Why? We can't be silent anymore. We are living in times where people are perishing, where the enemy in darkness is corrupting this generation and is corrupting this nation, and we are staying quiet. Nah, you can't. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not that God gives you a voice because you already have it, and then, oh, your life is so awesome. Uh Uh-uh. Just like when you get saved, doesn't mean that you're not going to go through anything. Can I tell you, you're probably going to go through a lot more stuff than the world's going through. But you know what? Jesus told us that. It was not a, it's not a surprise to us. So when you're going through stuff, don't be like, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Come on. That doesn't come from God. We are in a battle. We are in a fight. Okay? Because the enemy is after us to silence us. He wants to keep you quiet because you have the voice of truth. You have been here for such a time as this. You don't have to be in a pulpit to have the voice of truth or to speak life. Because can I tell you, the world is not here. The world is out there. The world is out there. The world is maybe in your job. Do you know how I find that it's better to reach out people? Just love them. Just befriend them. You earn their trust, and then they're open. You lead by example. And you show them that Christians are free. You see, because what happens is, and I hate to say this, but what happens is that a lot of people look at Christians and be like, that's what it is to be a Christian? It's all right. I don't want none of it. Uh Uh-uh. We can't do that. We are ambassadors of Christ, and we got to represent him well. And Jesus is alive and well today, and he's still healing. He's still saving. He's still transforming lives. He's still doing all this work. Okay? But if we don't go to the people and tell them, hey, Jesus can do this because he is the answer. He is the answer. So, brothers and sisters, this is the passion. We got to stop. We got to stop playing the victim. 
we got to stop just focusing on this physical world. We got to stop because this physical world is not our hope of glory. The Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is my life verse. For I know the plans that I have for you. The word says that God knew you before you were in your mama's womb. That means that when you were a spirit with God and he's connecting and he says, you know what? You got an assignment and puts you in your mama's womb. And if you were born out of wedlock, can I tell you, you are not a mistake. If things have gone through in your life, you are not a mistake. So you have a purpose and a destiny and a voice. What's your voice? I don't know what your voice is. Guess what? Just like the body of Christ has different parts and we all do different things. I don't know. But I am so sure that as I sit, I stand here, whatever's tugging inside of you right now is that voice that God is giving you. Whatever that is, I don't know. You know. Wow. Okay. <sighs> You're going to be very proud of me. <laughs> Worship team, can you come up? Please. Please. So it's a good thing that Shalini just did the whole story so you understood the story of Esther because I was going to break it down for you. So I figured, you know what, let's just get to the nitty gritty. One thing I want you to remember about Esther she did not choose to be kidnapped. She was almost human trafficked. If it wasn't that king decided to make her queen on that first visit, guess what would have happened to Esther? Just like it happened to all those hundred concubines that the king had. They were just sex slaves. That's what they are. They do their thing when they need to do their thing. If I don't call you, you don't come. Not anymore. No one, no one has to live life like that anymore because Jesus came and he set us free. Because he has given us a voice. So what is your voice? We are the chosen ones for this generation. This generation and the one to come is the one that's going to usher our king that's returning. Okay, we don't hear that a lot, but guess what? Jesus is coming back. And I believe it's soon. <laughs> and this is just preparation. But you see, he can't come unless the church is ready. He can't come into the sons and daughters of God have taken their place. He can come if you're still walking and acting like an orphan. He is coming when the sons and daughters of God have taken their place. Jesus.
He's giving you the voice of truth because he is the voice of truth. What is your story? What is your voice? You may say, Rosie, I don't know. (laughs) And like I said, what's burning in your heart right now? What is the word that God is giving you? What is the message that he's giving you? What is it that he's calling you to do? Is your voice for the unborn babies that are being killed every day? Like my friend Edwin and Heather, who's using their voice and making a difference? It's your voice against human trafficking, pornography, or sex-related issues that are killing this generation. Then speak up. Is it against domestic violence like it is for my sister Marie and some others that are coming up? Is it against sexual abuse and molestation like my sister Alicia? Is it in a healing restoration and community like our beloved pastor and our journey team? Is it to restore relationships and marriages because it is the foundation of a godly Christian home like Luis and Aleida, Pastor Luis and Aleida? Is it raising up children to know God in a personal way and equipping them like we do the adults, like our first lady, our beautiful first lady Janice and Mama Lisa? Is it breaking down the chains and pulling down strongholds and ushering the presence of God through worship? Like our beautiful Christina Kimmer and my bestie Yvette. That's your voice. Is it taking back the arts and media mountain for Jesus? Like Shaolin's doing. Is it pastoring or mentoring the young people? like Pastor John and Christina does here? Is it teaching on the supernatural of God and hearing God's voice and letting you know that God speaks to you today through dreams and visions and equipping you like my brother Harvest? Is it pastoring and equipping and discipling men to be the men that God has called them to be and be the priest of their home like Pastor Keith? Is it giving women a voice, helping them to restore their identity? Like Miss Leo and myself are passionate about the women. Is it to feed and clothe and shelter the homeless? Like my sister Cheryl. There's so many voices, guys. Do you get me? Are you getting this? Because we all got different voices. Is it worshiping God in an extravagant dance? with the flags and a dance like my sister Lolita and her team does because you know what he's worthy of that some of you might think I have no clue what all this means that's ushering the presence of God and the reason why God speaks to you is because we do that is it to take prayer seriously like our beautiful RCC Golden Girls. And Kathy, who leads and covers. Hey, listen, for those of you that you don't know, 
Kathy leads this prayer group and continually prays for all of you, whether you know it or not, and our leadership. Is it to love? Okay, Rosie, but I don't know what my voice is. Can you love like Jesus loves? Can you really, really show the love of Christ? Can you love people without judgment? Can you sit down and dine and drink with the sinners like Jesus did instead of judging them? Guess what? That is a voice. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. I'm going to take that a little deeper. Can you love your family when they're walking in rebellion? Because sometimes it's easier for us to love other people. But when our own kids, our own brothers and sisters, our own parents, our own whatever is walking not with the Lord, can you love them anyways? Because maybe, just maybe, God wants to show him his love through you. And this is really hard, because this is probably one of the hardest ones. It's your voice to display the sovereignty of God. And maybe PG one day can break that down because I don't got time. The sovereignty of God, meaning that he is God no matter what. Even if you had a loss, like the Ruhas did. And they display the sovereignty of God. And can you say, you know what God? I don't care, I don't get it, I don't understand, I am hurting, but I love you anyways. So I don't know what your voice is. God needs your voice. God needs your voice. You see, when God tried to talk to the people after they were set free in Egypt, they couldn't handle it. So Moses became the voice. You You are the voice. We need to set the captives free. We need to tell them that Jesus is alive and he's well and he's saving and he is free and he's healing. Today. So what is your voice, people of God? At the end of the day, yes, at the 
end of the day, that's my saying. Your voice, whatever it looks like, whatever it is, is going to lead them to Christ. It's going to lead them to salvation. It's going to lead them to freedom. What is your voice? I need everyone to lift up your hands before the Lord. My God. I need everyone to lift up your hands before the Lord. I feel the Spirit of God. Just, just a little bit lower and then we're going to pray, okay? We're going to worship. I just feel this so strong. Rosie, while you were speaking, how many feel, feel the message of the Lord today? And she says she's not a, a speaker. That's the anointing of the Lord. I want you to see this. Darius, if you could, or, or Victor, if you could have Hebrews 12, 12 up there in the New King James. Listen to me, please. Oh, the biggest way to silence a voice, the biggest way, is through the pain and the hurt and the regret that that person goes through in their life. The quickest way to silence a voice, that's why. The Bible says in Revelations, when the Lord comes back, and I know that's for the future, but we could apply the, the, the principle today, is they did not overcome the enemy through just good preaching. They did not overcome the enemy by even going to church. You know how many people go to church every week and are not overcoming the enemy? They overcame the enemy by not loving their life to the death. By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And the very thing that God ordained to set you free to overcome the enemy is the very thing that the enemy does not want you to do. So how does he keep you silent? Because he knows if you speak your voice, your testimony about how dark you've come and how the Lord wants to reach you. He knows, the enemy knows, that you could destroy his kingdom through your testimony. Because the good thing about a testimony, my brothers and sisters, is that you don't have to study the Greek or the Hebrew. You don't have to go to seminary school. You just have to say, once I was lost, and now I'm found. Once I was blind, now I see. Once I was in darkness, now I'm in the light. And I want you to see this. The writer of Hebrews says something, and we're going to pray. It says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Hear me. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not. Walking with a spiritually dislocated soul. If we keep walking with a dislocated heart, with a dislocated emotions, I never dealt with it, and, and retreat to silence because at one day you were raped, or one day you were abandoned, or one day your parents left you, or one day something happened to you. If you retreat to silence, you will discombobulate what the Lord is trying to do, but He says it's time to get healed. Here's how I'm going to end this. And then we're going to worship.
Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. I believe there's people here right now in the sound of my voice. And I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. As you were hearing Rosie, you were thinking about what's my voice, number one. But many of you, your voice, and I'm not talking about your volume. I'm talking about your purpose. Your voice and your calling and your gifting. There's two things that I feel has been silenced because of hurt. Because of hurt. Because of hurt and pain. Or disappointment, number one. Or sin. But number two, and I feel this strong. When she said this, I felt the Holy Spirit all over me. Please listen to what I'm about to say and then we're going to pray. Some of you, without knowing it, have played the victim role all your life for way too long. And the reason why you're not advancing anymore is because you keep saying to yourself, well, you know what? If it wasn't for this, I would be serving the Lord. Well, you know what? If God loved me, why did he allow my mom and dad to divorce? If God, we see it all the time. If God loved me, why did he allow me to be violated? You know what? You know why? He always loves you. But listen to this. It's going to shock you. God is not a puppeteer controlling everybody. He doesn't have 8 billion strings and controlling people saying, go ahead and abuse that one. Don't abuse the other one. He leaves it up to the will of people. And unfortunately, sin in people causes hurt in people. So today, this morning, if you've lost your voice, and if you've played the victim and you said, I'm tired of playing the victim, I no longer want to be silent. Yes, that happened to me. That happened to you too. And I heard this phrase when I was standing there. I know this sounds crazy, but please, I heard this. I heard, I'm still standing. The fact that you're still here means that you're overcomer. You're still standing. Yeah. It's almost like I hear this conversation. Yeah, but I've been through this. I've been through this. Or my dad, this, this. And this person over here who has a voice. So did I. How about you? Everybody has a story. Let's today commit to no longer playing the victim role and saying today I'm going to get my life right if I've been hurt and I lost my voice. So we're going to worship and then we're going to dismiss. I want to share two things so that you guys can come and pray. I want us to be ready to, to, to worship. Number one, if you've lost your voice because of hurt, because of hurt, close your eyes. Close your eyes. If you've lost your voice, your purpose, if you just kind of blended with the crowd, you're not, you're, you're not, you don't want to be stood out, you don't want to be, you don't want to uh, 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 stand out, you're just kind of going back in the world, kind of going in retreat, and you've lost your purpose because of hurt and pain. The Lord is wanting to talk to you today to rise up and find that voice again. And number two, if you realize while Rosie was preaching, you know what? I've played the victim role. I've blamed God for, and I blamed others for me not being free. But let me tell you, Esther could have said that. Everybody in this room could have said that. But Jesus is more powerful than your story. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is more powerful than your story. Don't let your story nullify the power of Jesus. So I want us to lift your hands, close your eyes. If you're here in this room and you say, I've lost my voice, my purpose. I've been silent because of pain. Pain has caught me silent. But today, I'm ready to find my voice again. And I'm not going to stay silent. And number two, if you really want to be free, or if you just want to have good reputation because you don't want anybody to see you, then stay bound. But if you really want to be free, 
And you say, you know what, Pastor? I played the victim role, and I've allowed my victim mentality to be angry at God and angry at the world and angry at church. But I realize that you're pure, you're holy, and I'm going to start with me. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. If you, if you fall in those two categories, right now, right now, I want you to lift up your hands all over this room. Come on, all over this room, I want you to lift up your hands. That means every single person is right with God here. No one ever has struggled with that. Church, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. We are way too prideful to be free. We are so concerned about people looking at us than getting set free. I know, I know in my spirit there's more people. But we do not want them to make us look unspiritual. Because God forbid, if we lift up our hands and say, I want to answer this call, then everyone will see how unspiritual I am. Who cares about what they think? You're going to go back in the same darkness because you're concerned about your spiritual reputation? It's time to get right. Lift up your hands all over this place. Come on. We're going to dismiss. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.